I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. We went down the NFT rabbit hole this last week. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to admit it's 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 been longer than a week for me actually. So I've been watching this space since like uh maybe April. Um and I was I was I was a big opponent at first. Like I didn't get it at all. I was like, why? Like why would I do that? You know, like I, I get crypto, but what's the point in buying buying that with my money like you know like what's the, what's the upside what can i get from that like how does why does it you know why does it increase in value why do people want to have it like i, I didn't get yeah, it at all yeah. um which which basically is why i started looking into it <laughs> yeah it is it is pretty interesting um do you remember this was a while ago when i did earth2.io and I, yep. I bought some digital land on that yeah. map. And you How did like, that play out? You were like, why would you do that? <laughs> yep. But I was thinking that was basically like an NFT. Um, yeah. The weird thing about that, though, was that it actually wasn't crypto at all. Like it wasn't connected to the <laughs> blockchain, which they definitely should have done. I just paid money like, for it. <laughs> they, they should have done an NFT. Like that would have been way smarter and have been you know more trackable and stuff. But that thing is still going on, and my land is supposedly worth double. Um, so I, I, I'm thinking I might sell and, and go to NFTs with that money instead because I feel like <laughs> that is probably just not going to do you know amazing over long term and left unless they switch over to NFTs. Yeah, sounds 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 smart. <laughs> yeah, so we were thinking um, that we would talk about NFTs just because we both kind of went down the rabbit hole and it was really interesting. Um, so this, if you, if you uh, are listening and you're like, I don't, I've heard NFTs, I've heard people talking about this, I don't want to listen anymore. Uh, yeah, you can, I guess, turn us off. But otherwise, <laughs> maybe you learned something here because I've, I've learned a lot in the last week um, and it's, it's very interesting. Um, so yeah, this will be a different kind of episode, I guess, but we're going to have fun with it and uh, it's, it's we've enjoyed kind of going down the rabbit hole and like we've chatted back and forth a lot about <laughs> nfts <laughs> yeah and I, I do think we can like bridge the bridge the gap to you know building a company and how that actually relates to nfts um but yeah i mean how, how do we even start this out because if if i think about you know all the people in my life like my circles of friends i can probably not even find three people who can explain to me what crypto is so let alone nfts right <laughs> That's true. Um, it was interesting. I was uh, I was just listening to the Indie Hackers podcast yesterday, and Cortland was talking about he had uh, Shapiro, I forget his first name, on his podcast, Jordan. and they, yeah, yeah, and they were talking about how in podcasts it's like it's actually kind of like nice to address like the medium, like people that kind of know, and then go from there up. So kind of like talking about a topic, but in the more like not the beginning stages, because they were saying like it, it can actually still be interesting for people that maybe don't know anything to kind of like try to catch up. And then, you know, people that are intermediate and advanced, like, you know, they can they can follow and stuff. I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. Um, 
So I don't know. I was just bringing that up. Not sure if that means we should uh, talk about the very be you know early early stages of crypto and explaining all that. That that could definitely you know that could take a while. <laughs> yeah. True. No. Maybe we start with NFTs and what it actually is. And I don't know. Like if you have any prior knowledge of crypto, you know that it's like all the Bitcoin you buy, all the Ethereum you buy is just like a token on the blockchain. So you have this one thing. Uh, you're converting your US dollars or whatever over to Ethereum or Bitcoin. Now you have like a, a contract and a token on on the blockchain. And now one layer above that is basically using your Ethereum to buy one of those NFTs and you're kind of locking that in. Um, and it's a little bit like you, you still have this one token. So you, you could literally detach like that image that <laughs> that you bought. Uh, completely and you would still own like this one one little block on the blockchain so to say um, whether it has an image attached to it or not you, you have proof of ownership um, because you transferred or you you you, you know you put your ethereum uh, and <laughs> transferred it into this this thing um, on the blockchain now and yeah I, I guess images do play a big role but I've maybe we can even, maybe we can even look at that from like what what people seem to not understand about it because I think like a lot of people that I've talked to so far um, seem to seem to be uh, seem to think that um, those those tokens actually have or should have a lot of value or shouldn't have a lot of value because they are not art right like it's not like Picasso, uh, who, <laughs> whose paintings mm -hmm. went up in price over time because a lot of people agreed to it. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of why you have to understand that there is an image attached to that block that you bought, but you also have this block which you can always just you know change back at whatever price you you can get for it. Um, and it's it's not meant to be art, I would say. It's a part of it, but it's not like you you like the value of it comes from just like how good the NFT actually looks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I do have a question because I feel like that is one area that I'm a little, uh, I don't exactly know how technically that works, is how is the image attached to the token, basically? Like, is is the image actually, like, hosted on the blockchain in some way <clears throat> um, as so a I part think, of that transaction? Um, yeah, I or... think it is embedded in that contract that you that you have, basically. Okay. And I think I saw something with with Ethereum, there's kind of like maybe a second layer where your your token that, you know, you own is like pointing to like a second layer that that's where the image is maybe stored, so it's not like directly on the Ethereum blockchain maybe, but it's it's kind of more or less kind of like that, I guess, where um I was I was looking into Cardano, which is another, you know, crypto for make smart contracts making making uh transactions like this so it, it can do nfts as well but the in interesting difference was that cardano actually does allow you to like hosts uh, images and like actual nfts on its chain itself and it doesn't have to have another layer or something so i, I thought that was kind of interesting um, yeah that makes sense but yeah that 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 uh yeah, that that you, you did a pretty good job of of explaining that. I feel like um, so maybe you should be a, a NFT NFT teacher or something. Um, <laughs> um, and then the other thing I'll add, which is just like 
I was starting to understand better, I think, was just like what NFT means, so like a fungible token. So NFT is non-fungible token. And so I feel like just understanding what fungible means, a fungible uh, like resource or something is something that you can like trade and you have a lot of it and you can get it back. So like gold would be an example, like you can trade a piece of gold for another piece of gold and it's like the same, like it doesn't really matter what piece of gold or even like uh, a currency, like the US dollar or something like that. Like you can trade a hundred dollars for two fifty dollar bills and it all it's all good. Um, and then like all the other cryptos like Bitcoin with Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, those are all fungible tokens um, that you can trade within each other. And so NFTs um, are non-fungible. So like one specific NFT can't just be traded with an, any other thing. Uh, it can't be traded with another NFT. They're completely unique. Um, <clears throat> and so that's how, that's kind of, I guess, how the technology works a little bit um, where this is one thing that we can, you know, an NFT that we can identify that no one else can have. It makes it unique. So it has kind of those properties um, and it can be like a, a single thing that's like rare or whatever. Um, so that's hopefully like when I looked into that, I was like, okay, that's okay. So the technology is allowing that kind of thing to happen. That's how we can now have like rare, unique things that are digital, which like in the digital world, we've never had that before. Like we've never had data or images that could be set apart as like, this is the only one. Um, and so that's kind of yeah, interesting and, that we can do that now. And equally important is the part of ownership, I would say, because like it's literally the first time ever that we can pinpoint like to who actually owns the thing, right? And that's mm. actually the reason why the, this argument of I can just right click on your JPEG and now I, you know, now, now I have it or whatever, that doesn't really work because it's literally, you know, you, you have this token of ownership on the blockchain and what, whatever, like you can, you can obviously print the JPEG and do whatever with it, but all the utility that comes with owning that token, like getting returns on it, being able to invest it, and um, whatever we, we will cover later, I guess, you don't get that by right-clicking and copying that image. It's, it's literally like you, you would snap a photo of my house and say, I live here now. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, right? You can't yeah, just take yeah. a photo of my dog and be like, hey, that's my dog now. I get to walk him every day. No, like you got a photo of my dog, but I still get to walk him every day and I still get to yeah. enjoy, you know, the, the dog. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, you know, obviously this is something that's been brought up a lot. Uh, and I feel like it's like the people that don't understand how how the technology works, when they, see, you know, hear about NFTs and they kind of just see that's the image thing, like it, it isn't as valuable to them. Like it doesn't make sense yeah. that it would be valuable. And kind of like you have to go down the, the big rabbit trail and, you're, and you kind of like opens up and you're like, wow, this is like kind of crazy, even though it's it is kind of weird because it's not something that you can like tangibly see that well, you know, it's the blockchain, it's out there, it's, you know, who knows what that <laughs> is. And um, but yeah, once once you kind of start to understand it, you're like, wow, this is pretty crazy that the things that we can do on the blockchain and with uh, NFTs, um, it's really it really is interesting. And it kind of like kind of opens up your mind a little bit, I think. But, you know, the other, you know, controversy around this, like, oh, wow, is this is this stuff really valuable? Um, I have noticed seems to be 
like the people that have found it valuable i've noticed seem to be like they they had maybe like a childhood where they were like really into games and really into I don't know what what, what all the games were. I I wasn't even into some of these games. Like, what is it? Starcraft and I don't know. Yeah. All these, all these games were like, there was a lot of like, um, uh, like things you could buy in game and like digital, like stuff you could like buy for your character and stuff like that. Like, I think those people really understand NFTs well, because they, they understood from their past, like how, how valuable those kind of things were to them. Yep. Yeah, I, totally. And it, oh, it I, I hate to say it because it always sounds a little ageist <laughs> and I don't mean it in that way, but like the generation that is now like our age, like 30 or below, we grew up with those games, right? We were like the first generation to actually be able to grow up with those games and who played World of Warcraft. And, you know, we spent money on that game every month just to play. And then we spent some more money, like real money to change that into some some coins, some currency inside the game, right? Just to trade those coins for <laughs> items, which is basically the exactly same thing as NFTs, right? So now you have this I don't know, rope or want of a wizard or whatever you, you had, right? <laughs> um, and, yeah, and you, you literally just spend money on it. And then you could you could go there to some, I don't know, to some city and trade that item with somebody um, or sell it. And at some point you were like 25 or 30, you grew out of the game and you still had like this account full of great items. And you realized that you could actually put the entire account on eBay. <laughs> and based on the items you had accumulated over time, actually make some good money with those accounts so i think for the generation that that grew up with you know like trading real money and seeing that that stuff that you bought could actually like increase in value over time or even be unique items that you can only get in a raid in world of warcraft or whatever like people who grew up with that they have a way easier time understanding that well when you never played those games you never traded your real money for some virtual currency, I, I totally get why why it's harder to grasp. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's kind of a generational thing because of that. But I also think the older people, like <laughs> older people, <laughs> sounds like super old, but <laughs> I also think older generations who are like, who, who operate on the internet, they, they, they will get it, especially if you understand how Bitcoin works and if you have double in crypto, it's it's literally just one step further away from that. And I, I don't know, like you can't understand Bitcoin and not understand NFTs, I feel. <laughs> yeah. So I, it did make me like I, I went down a rabbit hole of like trying to figure out like, OK, why are people seeing these things valuable and why are some NFTs way more valuable than others? And like just trying to figure out the value. And so I think what I I got it down to is for the most part, you know, it really is a status thing, I think. Um, I mean, there's a little bit sometimes, especially with certain NFTs where just how rare it is, like if a specific artist that's like famous, that's really known and they make like five of these things, like that can make that NFT a lot more valuable because someone, you know, people actually care about that artist and it might be really good artwork and stuff like that. I don't know, kind of like the the when uh, Jack, uh, the founder of Twitter, um, minted his very first tweet, the very first tweet on Twitter ever. Like that's kind of like a very rare thing that has like some significance. And so, you know, probably not everyone would see that as super valuable, but there's enough people in the world that like care about the internet, care about the history of the internet and Twitter that like, all right, this thing's worth, I think it was what, a million dollars or something around there. 
um, and wanted to buy that. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I feel like really it's coming down to like status. Like NFTs are like a status that you're kind of like a part of a community or part of a group um, where you can buy this NFT. And I was thinking like we do have things in our normal world today that really we do kind of just buy as a status. Um, like I think, you know, cars can be an example where like at, at the beginning, you know, cars do have a value, like an intrinsic value of getting you from point A to B. And, you know, maybe it has a nice cushy seat with some good air conditioning and, it, and it's, it feels nice. It has a, a color you like looking at. But once you get to the upper limits of, you know, the higher values of cars that are like, you know, fancy cars and stuff, they really become more of just a status thing. And that's why people buy them. It's more just like, okay, this is a status that kind of shows that I'm cool or that I have a lot of money and I can buy a sweet looking car. And it, it really becomes, the value really becomes more of a status thing to other people. And so I think NFTs are very similar to that, where it's like you're kind of showing that you're part of some group or you are in the know. Like a lot of these NFTs I'm seeing that like end up being uh, really valuable, like somehow are like are, are like depict something that shows that the people that buy them and see them valuable, like understand almost like like memes, like like meme culture kind of stuff where it's like people that understand why a meme is funny and understand like the significance of it. I feel like the NFTs that can do well are ones that are kind of creative in that way that kind of have some meaning behind them. And, you know, the people that understand that kind of show their status by being in the know on that. And it becomes valuable because of that. So it's it's very interesting, but I think, I think that's where you should... Uh, kind of expound on that, what you think, but I, I feel like that's where a, a lot of the value is coming on from, from these NFTs. Yeah, so I, I do agree in, in parts, but I also totally don't agree. <laughs> and I'll have to, <laughs> okay, I'll have great, to explain that. Okay, let's um, argue so I, let's fight this out. No, this is actually this is actually a great point because I, I do think for a lot of NFT collections, and that's like, you know, diff different collections, that's how you call them, like right? Like there's the lions, the apes, whatever, it's a different collection. And they all kind of are their own currency, if you will, because, you, you know, you can't trade them one for the other. Uh, they all have their own value. They have a floor price each, which is like the minimum price for the lowest item in that collection. Um, and I, I do think there are a lot of collections that work that way, where it's literally just a known artist or, um, you know, somebody who hyped them up and they are rare now and there is enough demand for that rarity to actually play out, right? Um, but then like the, the Lion NFT that I got, for example, there is utility to it. And there are a lot of collections that have that kind of utility. Um, and if, if you if you really understood that upfront, um, you, you would you would see that it's not so much about status. And there's actually a meaning behind seeing them on Twitter right now. And I'll, I'll explain why you're, you're seeing those crazy amounts of Lions pop up right now. Um, so there's actually a really technical reason for that. and. If if uh, if you're holding one of those lions in your uh, in your wallet, you will receive a percentage of the overall traded volume <laughs> of that collection each month. So that means you're actually getting returns for holding that lion, right? So there's utility to that, and there is value created by that. Not not saying that 
you know, like, why, why am I getting that money? Well, because people are trading it. Why are they trading it? Well, I don't know, right? Like, <laughs> it's still not super intrinsic value there. Um, but yeah. but you do have some utility because you hold that token, you hold that image, and you get you you get actually real money out of it just for holding it, right? Um, so so, so making sure that I'm I'm understanding this right. So basically, whenever someone buys a Lion NFT, a little percentage of that goes gets basically split up to everyone else that already bought a Lion NFT. Yes, all, almost like that. So there is this giant marketplace called OpenSea, uh, which is like the go-to place for uh, buying and selling NFTs. And so whenever uh, a transaction happens, they get a cut of it. And also the creators of the collection get a cut of that. Uh, so there's every collection basically has their shared wallet. So when, when they first sell, like the minting process, it all goes into that shared wallet. Um, and whatever happens with that depends on the community and what their goals are and their roadmap is. And yeah, so for the lines, for example, whenever whenever a transaction happens, then um, a certain percentage of that goes into that shared wallet, and it's it's then split among all the line holders, and it's based on how many lines you hold. But the the smart thing that they came up with is it's not enough to just have a lion. You actually have to do more. You have to put it as your profile picture on Twitter, and you have to have a lion in your bio. And what you have to do then is the technical part. You have to actually go to a site called Rewards, which like rewards plus roaring, <laughs> right? Um, you have to go there and you have to connect your Twitter account and your Ethereum wallet. So you prove that you hold a lion, and you prove that you actually put your profile picture up with your lion. And you have a line in your bio. So they basically wrote a bot that goes through all the connected image, connected accounts, checks the image against the hash, and reads the bio of every user. And only if you do that, uh, you're eligible to get those uh, get those rewards every month. And the reason why they're doing that is actually pretty smart because it raises awareness, right? They are they're yeah, driving yeah. the hype machine. They're incentivizing people to do that, and the people who do it actually benefit from it as well. So, yeah, it's it's basically full circle, and it's pretty smart. <laughs> And yeah. that's that's also like that example is like why why it's not so much about status in in that case because if I mean you you can still decide not to put up the the image as your Twitter profile right um, but if you don't you're right now not eligible for that reward so it makes sense <laughs> yeah I think I think what I would see people say though is that basically anything built on top of like you know the rewards and things that are like built on top of these NFTs to try to incentivize people are even more so kind of building into our status like like putting like mm. twitter you know putting the nfts as a twitter profile is kind of like basically making even more of a status game where it's like making other people aware of it people can say oh yeah i got this as my profile and it's it is and really it's just like marketing i guess like it's it's smart marketing yeah. to like make people be yeah. aware of it and kind of build more into uh making more people want the nfts um, like I've, I've started to see, I mean, it is kind of crazy because it's like, I feel like I don't, you never know too on Twitter. Like if you just followed a couple of the right people and now like your whole Twitter feed has changed, but like literally everything <laughs> I see is like lions and NFTs and monkeys and all these, <laughs> all these different profiles. And, uh, it's, it's like taking over Twitter. It seems like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you, you have to think about how do you actually like if you if you think from day zero, how do you create a currency? How do you make such a project work? Right? Like, how do you create the value or make it make it known? Um, and what people don't see is that 
in our Discord, if you join, you get some more privileges and have other channels they can access. There's a channel dedicated to just Twitter raids, right? And if you if you've if you've ever seen like Twitch raids where you know at the end of a stream, uh, the streamer basically asks all the all the viewers to raid another stream, right? So they get a lot of attention. Um, and it's it's the same principle again. I think younger people will understand this a little easier <laughs> um, So it's the same principle. We have a channel basically where every line can post a Twitter thread and Because there are like 4,500 people in in that discord who own a lion You will have at least 50 or 100 people jumping or pouncing <laughs> on that Twitter thread, right? And <laughs> just trying to raise awareness for the project. And it, it, what can I say? It just works, right? It's literally super focused marketing efforts. And it, it actually reached the, the level where people thought it's bots spamming their uh, their Twitter threads, right? <laughs> so every time you, you type lazy line, you, you're almost guaranteed to have, I don't know, 20 to 25 replies from people <laughs> from that Discord. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Um, okay, so this this make me think. So I I started to see you know trying to figure out the value. Like I think that these communities that are kind of coming together are definitely a big part of it. Because it's like if it was just an NFT, like just an image, just a thing that's solo that yeah. people are buying, it's like there's not a ton of value in that. Like I do think these communities make it more valuable, and then you kind of get to be part of this group and stuff. <laughs> So anyways, it was pretty funny because I, I was tweeting about that and, and I was basically mentioning you and like how like being a part of NFTs, like with people you know, with friends, like I think that's where it kind of becomes valuable. And Matt Winsing had a great reply with the, the office um, gif where basically Jim talks about like the pyramid scheme and he draws a triangle for Michael and it's, it's a great, it's probably one of the best office scenes, one of my favorites actually. And I completely realized that what I was saying did completely sound like that. Like it, it did completely <laughs> sound like a pyramid scheme. And um, yep. and then, you know, things kind of unraveled out and uh, you and Matt kind of went back and forth, had a little bit of a <laughs> confrontation and we love you, Matt Winsing. And that was, that was, that was kind of funny. That was fun to watch. Uh, hopefully, I don't think any feelings were hurt or anything, um, but that was, that was yeah, pretty my, good. Ah, uh, yeah. I have to say my my German got a little bit in the way when I when I said stubborn. It's it's really not what I meant from the sentiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I, I, I can definitely address like the pyramid scheme because I do think like if if you look at it from afar, I totally understand why it looks like that. But but here's a good point to why that's not the case. Pyramid scheme means there is an ever increasing number of investors you're recruiting, basically right investors or like people buying into it. Um, and that that inherently is not ne I mean it's not necessarily the case. I think there are collections that work exactly that way, right? <laughs> like they they are basically scams and there are those collections. But if you think about it, it's a limited collection of let's say 10,000 items and whatever happens next is up to each community, right? So you you don't actually have to go out and do all the marketing and recruit more people because you already have this shared wallet now. And what happens with that wallet is totally up to the community. So you could say everybody's holding on to their NFTs and we just use the money that we just got from those 10,000 people and invest it in, let's say, another NFT, which is actually something a lot of collections do. Um, so they, they, they take a part of their shared wallet, invest it, let's say, in an ape, and then that ape gets, you know, 
auctioned off on Sotheby's for a couple million and you actually get a return from that. So everybody who invested into that shared wallet, they profit and you don't need to recruit any other people beyond those 10, 10K people, right? So that's right. that's where it kind of is like, eh, you know, like, yeah, there are collections that work that way. And because you can trade those NFTs back and forth and, you know, like I totally get why people see it that way, but you could also just stop at 10K and and be like, hey, we, you know, like we're 10K investors now. <laughs> um, and we, we're just collectively deciding where we want to put all the money that we just collected. And you don't really have to, um, you know, find any more people who want to buy your line for to Ethereum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think where it can feel like a pyramid scheme is, you know, because you have this community of people and once they buy in, like they have skin in the game. And so that's why, you know, these communities are kind of doing these marketing things or doing stuff on Twitter because it is in their interest to do that. Like if they can get more awareness about their community of NFT, um, like and more people join, the price goes higher. So it, it kind of feels like, you know, if they can lay more things on top, get more people in that they make more money. Um, yep. And I think maybe I, it goes back to being a pyramid scheme if there is no like value in NFTs at all. And it's just kind of almost a scam where it's like, basically we're, the only reason it's valuable is because people are stacking in on top. And I was thinking like really in some ways, like all stocks or all crypto is kind of the same in some ways where it's just like, people that buy in later down the road are buying in at a higher price or whatever. And so people that bought early are, are making the, the money. Um, and so it is, it, is, it is kind of actually a hard line in some ways. There are, you know, so another example of like, I think a real pyramid scheme um, that I think does show, <laughs> a, you know, a little bit of difference. Um, so if you're, any, if anyone's, you know, on Facebook a lot, I feel like there's a lot, it's probably on Instagram. Yeah, I think on Instagram too, actually. There's there's a lot of people that kind of get into these companies that are, I forget what the, the that abbreviation, like MLA, MLMA, or basically like this mass marketing thing where everybody, um, you know, kind of gets in on, maybe it's selling like a hair product or lotion or, you know, something like that. And and so I've seen people doing this on Instagram and Facebook and they actually make the most money when they get someone like their friends below them to join and sell things as mm. well. And they, they'll make a cut of everything the person below themselves sells and they don't actually make that ton of money when they sell the shampoo or whatever. So it basically incentivizes yeah, this it. whole group of people to just get their friends and get everybody to like start selling and the people that make it towards the top of that pyramid actually can make a ton of money because um, uh, they have like, you know, hundreds of people below them that are, are making money and they are selling and they make a little bit of that. And I feel like that is, you know, that's maybe more traditional kind of like pyramid scheme. I like it, what it kind of looks like where the value really is just adding people to the scheme um, and the product itself isn't what's really creating the value. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the pyramid scheme, like it can be hard to kind of differentiate between it sometimes. Um, and, and like you're saying, I think there, there probably are some NFTs that are like almost built that way. Um, so you definitely have to yeah, be, yeah. watch out for those. Um, but yeah, it, it, 
it's it's very interesting to think through just trying to figure out okay where's the value coming from is it from adding yeah. more people is it from this thing in itself and yeah it's 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 quite mind-boggling actually <laughs> it's it's pretty hard to figure out and that's where the utility of those tokens actually come into play right the more utility you have the more value you're actually receiving like the lines giving you back a share of the traded volume you're still incentivized obviously to increase the traded volume like you you know that's where i, where I totally agree like yeah we you know if we drive that up uh, we we all profit from it, but you, you know you have other collections that that don't even rely on that or don't give back in that way, and that really just invest together in something else. And it doesn't matter if if ten or fifteen or a hundred of those get get sold or traded or not. Um, so so yeah, definitely watch out like what what you're buying into, right? Like look at their roadmap, how they like if there is any kind of utility. Um, and one, one other thing that you said that was kind of funny because, because it's true is that uh, it's the same for all crypto, right? And that's why I initially said if you get Bitcoin, you, you can't tell me you don't really get NFTs because it's kind of the same thing, right? Like a couple of years back, nobody really cared about Bitcoin. And then at some point, there was a tipping point where enough people cared about it and agreed to attribute a certain value to it. And now they're that, like that critical mass has been reached and everybody agrees like yeah i can't trade us dollars to bitcoin and you know the other way around and it's it's really the same for each collection if you have enough adoption for that collection they just you know the, the agreed upon value is already there and i think a lot of a lot of criticism is that you know like it's it's just made up of thin air but that's actually not true open that marketplace that i talked about is making one billion like has one billion trade volume per month so there is a critical mass of people believing in those nfts right now not necessarily into every like in every collection right but like the market is is definitely moving and it's there and it's there now and if you know like you, you're just dismissing it by saying you know like <laughs> yeah it's not there like, like what's the reason then <laughs> i do think though that just like you know bitcoin has been in a bubble in the past and you know maybe people say it is now even i don't know it's it's probably at least getting pretty stable at its current state um but i, I would say that i think nfts are probably in a bubble in that you know there's a lot of people that don't understand about it still and i think a lot of the reason people are jumping into it is because the idea that oh i could make money from this and i think that in itself is kind of a, a motivation that puts a market maybe into a bubble because those people aren't seeing the real value of it and they're not really there for the real value. They're there just to, to make money. So when you have a ton of people doing that and then, you know, if anything bad happens and something changes and, you know, it could, it could be government regulation, it could be something messes up with the blockchain, you know, all those people are just going to be running for the fences because they're like, oh, I'm not going to make my money. <laughs> and, um, so I think we are in a little bit of, bu of a bubble, at least with it. But I don't know. I, I mean, I think there, there still is value there in, in some sense, for sure. Like, I think it's really interesting. Like, if you look back, I feel like this helped me understand NFTs better as well, where it's like, if you look back and just see, like, what we spent our time doing, like, 50 years ago, and really, we, we, we had to work a lot more, especially before, you know, a lot of technology innovation, um, you know, people even farther go, like everyone just had to work with their hands. We just had lots of farmers. And just as history has progressed, we've 
we've gone further and further to where really we've saved ourselves time. Um, you know, we don't all have to be out in the fields, um, you know, working anymore because we now have these big tractors and big things that just make it way easier. And then now, like in the tech world of like software development and stuff, like, you know, every year it, it gets easier and easier to build applications because we have all these building blocks that we're standing on top of. Um, and so really, I think maybe we're just getting to the point where our generation uh, and we've we've like saved so much time that we're like, you know, we're always trying to find what's the next thing to like <laughs> work with and, and do with our time. And I think we're getting to the point in technology where, oh, now we can actually spend our time like online. And obviously, you know, tons of people spend a huge part of their day online. And so it, it and I think that's why people are throwing around this like metaverse term where it's like there is starting to be like more and more like this world online that people spend a lot of time on. And so I think that's where NFTs start to become valuable because if if people are spending so much time online and um, you know, they want to show their status there and things like that. Like that's where the NFTs is like, okay, well, <laughs> my, the, might as well have this, this way of showing your status and stuff online as well. And so I, I, bas- I, I do feel like there is a, a huge future for NFTs where it's going to get more and more valuable the more that people are online and the more people that join um, communities online and things like that. And, and especially I think with like virtual reality, like I could see NFTs because it's it's almost like we're just creating another world that's online and NFTs are valuable there. So I don't know, it's, it's very interesting once you start going down that rabbit hole and trying to think like, what does this look like in the future? Yeah, let me let me expand on that a little bit because I think the utility is actually what makes it super interesting, right? And why I'm so interested in like the lions because they have utility too. I, I don't think every collection has that and that's why not every collection is interesting, but there are people out there right now like Tom Osman who has like this, um, yeah, let's call it a club uh, <laughs> where he basically has NFTs as the entrance ticket to that club, right? And then, like, like, imagine that for a course or for your SaaS business, like you have an early access list and you got to buy an NFT to get early access, right? And mm-hmm. you limit that to, I don't know, 10, 20 items. And then you just you just let the market decide. They can sell off those early access tickets or those tickets to the club. And whoever, you know, wants in the most, uh, they, they will buy that NFT and you get a certain percentage of that and they get interest to your product or club or whatever. So those things can definitely like they then have the utility of a ticket, right? And you can prove, hey, I have that and you can then let them in in an automated way, mm-hmm. actually, even yeah, uh, into a Discord or Slack or. Yeah, and that's like that's the point where I'm like, dude, that's that's insane. That was not possible like 10 years ago, like don't you see the value there like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's really interesting it it makes me yeah start to think like you know what ideas could we do with nfts that kind of like merge them into (laughs) the SaaS world like you know should i be selling an nft of my sock maybe (laughs) or or or, uh my potion logo or something that i don't know somehow like gives that person skin in the game into potion itself like into the business 
or I don't know. Yeah, like imagine imagine you imagine you would be you would be doing a minting process, right? So people could actually mint like a, a percentage of of potion, and then as you increase revenue, it's it's almost like an affiliate program, really, right? Like they they start off by minting their tokens, and they get a certain percentage. Um, from your monthly recurring revenue, right? And you're just giving back a certain percentage of that. And then at some point they can still decide to sell away that token and somebody else gets it then. And, you know, like everybody profits. And at the same time, they could then, with that token, because they have proof of ownership, be admitted into like your private Slack group where you, you know, post investor mm-hmm. updates. I don't know, like you could you could easily see that happening for, uh, for a SaaS and let it, letting people... Like invest yeah, so, in a way without being yeah, an so investor. Yeah, so more or less be like just making an investment, but just through a very like a, a different vehicle that's not that's not regulated uh, by the yep. government. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even even though even though I actually looked that up before buying my NFT because I was like my account is gonna hate me if I just buy that and I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> And we in Germany, we, we we do have laws around NFTs actually, and they're pretty close to crypto. But where it gets really funky is if those NFTs and the Lions will probably have that, then grant you like they are the key to getting a piece of land in in a game or a metaverse, so to say. You might be in trouble actually, according to German law, because that might be like property tax that you have to pay on that. And I haven't even, I haven't even figured it out completely. And that's probably why my account is still going to hate me. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we like we do have some laws in place already about how to, you know, how many taxes you have to pay if you hold the NFT for less than a year or longer. Um, and yeah, I, I think regulations will happen at some point, even even more. It's it's super early, <laughs> and I think we will see more utility coming uh, to those tokens as well. Yeah, that's <clears throat> it's very interesting. Uh, so a question I have for you, because I don't understand this completely super well, and I'm guessing it, it changes uh, with every NFT. So I'm guessing that when someone creates an NFT. You know they mint it which just means they like basically put it up for sale and it's it first enters the blockchain um yep they the the creator will just make basically the money that they decide is the 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 first you know value of the the nft like the the, the minting value basically right so like if i say i'm gonna put my sock up for a hundred dollars and someone buys it i make a hundred dollars right yep so, yeah, I'm just trying to wonder, like, you know, these, these, uh, these kind of founders of NFTs, like communities, like the Lion community, like Lazy Lions, like, how are they making their money? Like, is it all just that initial minting of like when all the lions are minted, and then because it almost seems like it's a, it's like a company, like they're running, like we heard them talking on a Twitter space, and there's like five of them, like the founder and different developers and stuff. And it's like, they're working on this 16 hours a day. They said, <laughs> like, this is basically a company yeah. where they're doing tons of stuff behind the scenes. And so I was just trying to think like, how are they going to like continue to make money? Or was it just that initial like minting process? Yeah. So I think for the, for the Lions case, which, which started out with a company in place already, right? Which is not always the case, obviously. Like, check who is behind that collection, first of all. Um, so if you think that the, the initial minting brought them like 300 bucks per per item, they just made 3 million 
in one day, right? So they basically have a long runway now because they just raised 3 million through everybody who bought bought one of those things in the minting process. So they don't really have to worry about it right now as to how they how they want to monetize that. And just just taking a part of that 3 million and putting it into another NFT which yields returns might be enough to you know sustain the entire thing for a while. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I mean, it will probably like time will tell how they will actually make make more money right so as i just said they like the shared wallet gets a certain percentage of every trade so yeah. they get I, th I think they don't return all of that to the community right so they will take a certain share for them which which could be enough to pay their salaries to be honest i don't know if how, how exactly that works yeah that um, makes sense. but yeah I, I do think if there is a company structure behind it and it's like a planned thing uh it's definitely a good sign because there are you know it's it's totally random like who who actually tries to run such a collection or create those nfts right it might be an artist might be somebody super unknown sitting in their basement just you know drawing something up uh who knows right and you really got to check that because it is super early and like one of those examples would be the board apes which is like the unicorn of NFT, nfts if you will they started out not having a company and they actually formed a company around it then later um, so they could do fancy stuff and, you know, like put that money into an actual bank account and, um, yeah, now, now auction stuff off with Sotheby's and they needed, to, they kind of needed an instance to, to communicate with the outside world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is interesting. I think when looking for like these NFT communities and stuff, I think that's maybe one thing to look at. Cause like if the, the founding team isn't incentivized to keep pushing this, thing down the road like i don't know like i feel like the chances of it working out for everyone are just not as high and and really with the whole minting like if the minting part is where they make the most money like i don't know that's a little bit scary because that's like okay they're making all the money right off the bat hopefully they have plans to make more money later because otherwise it's like why <laughs> why should they be involved anymore you know um yeah that's that's true but again let me let me pull up another example like if you get kickstarter you get minting right like if you understand mm -hmm. kickstarter and for example the the blogging cms ghost they had a they had a kickstarter as well right and you you basically did the same thing you invested in something which might you know you might have never seen the returns of that like if the, if the if the people lost interest if they burned the money if they didn't like have a long-term vision for it that money would have been gone, right? Like it's definitely taking a bet, but it's it's not much different than investing in any game or whatever on on Kickstarter. Yeah. And they are also like you know creating the the money first and then playing out the roadmap. Right, right. And I, I guess you know it's similar in some ways to just like the normal road for a business of like taking investment and then you know they could make a ton of money up front, um, but you know then the the idea is that they're then using that to help make the business actually valuable. Um, it does feel like, you know, if things go south and, and obviously NFTs are probably quite more risky than those other examples, at least right now, since NFTs Absolutely. are so new and stuff. Um, Super risky. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like if the NFT doesn't do well, like, 
maybe even like the nft market as a whole doesn't do well like some of these individual communities like the founders are are not probably going to be able to keep working on it they won't be incentivized to keep working on it and they'll you know maybe move to something else so yeah it's that it's definitely seems like it could be kind of risky um but on the other hand like these founders are especially right now like it seems like they're doing super well these people that start these different nfts if it takes off like they just kind of made it in a way obviously they they kind of have a, a road ahead and hopefully they're using that money that they made from the minting to kind of keep the community going um but it kind of begs the the question what nft should we start <laughs> <laughs> oh does it <laughs> i think i don't think i i don't i don't know maybe in the future it'd be fun to kind of play around with like trying it out just almost just for fun to see how it how it goes i don't know if i could make my i could get myself to to like build a business on an nft um in that i i feel like there isn't necessarily intrinsic value there where you know like i want to create a business that's like it's bringing value to people it, it is more kind of like an investment kind of thing but like I don't know. It, it is. It does seem like it's. It is at least like a fun exercise to think about. Like, oh, what kind of NFT could we start, or what what could we do? Because like, there's some interesting ideas out there. Yep. Yeah, and it almost allows allows people to do what what Tyler Tringas told you, right? Like, if he could invest in you, he would do that. So you could just go out there and create Noah Coin and have everybody mint mint <laughs> a part of you, basically. And that's that's kind of what BitCloud does, I think, right? Yeah, so you basically you basically BitCloud. yeah. Yep. Huh. Yeah. It's yeah, very interesting. It your my head kind of starts to get a little bit fuzzy the more I think about all this NFT stuff. Um Oh yeah, one other thing I was I was just thinking of. So I cuz I've been doing different research and stuff and I was looking at Cardano um cuz Cardano is I think like the third uh market cap cryptocurrency it's kind of similar in function to ethereum but it's, it has some differences um but its nft market is like way behind and so i was seeing someone talking about how like that could be a good place to start maybe like getting in really early into the nft market in cardano um, just because there's not many people there yet and you could get in early um so yeah what, what do you think about that i guess Maybe, maybe we should end this as in like, what are what are next steps with this? Like, do you think like, obviously like people should research more and try to figure it out more. But I guess like, as far as like strategies in the NFT world, like what's your strategy with it and investing in it? And like, I don't know, like trying different things like Cardano or different communities. Like, how are you thinking about it? So I, I think buying nfts right now super risky betting on cardano or solana which is like the other rising thing in the nft world 10x more risky <laughs> like it's yeah. you know because it's like the niche in a niche you, you don't know if it's gonna play out or not so for me risk wise you know like even buying nfts is like the the most risky investment on a half right now because it might literally go to zero I will say don't you know like don't spend money you're not willing to absolutely lose um this could go to zero nothing of what we just said or will say is investment advice obviously um and yep. yeah i i do think i like i like projects in general i like projects that 
where the rarity among the collection or the, the collectives, the items, doesn't play such a big role. And I feel like the lines are kind of that because it's more about r like raising the floor price. So the even the cheapest lion is worth a, a, a multiple of what they were bought at. Um, I think those projects are generally more interesting to me. And I think to achieve that, what the products need to have is a strong community. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do think like the community aspect is just what really draws me into that. Like there, there's this, uh, this other NFT collection, the Koalas, uh, who <laughs> now really went out there into the real world and actually spent a percentage of the traded volume um, just to save koalas in the real world, which is, <laughs> you know, that's super fun. Like, why why not? You know, like it, it totally depends on on the collection or on the community you're getting into what will happen with that money, right? And if they decide collectively to put that, you know, to good good cause and, you know, save some koalas with that, that's, that's cool. Like, why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do that. And it doesn't mean you can't make you can't make a profit with them at the same time, right? Like that's possible, and that's actually kind of cool because you have like this artistic um, interest, you have money interests, and they are all kind of coming together. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye open on yeah com communities and what what the people are actually tr trying yeah. to do there. <laughs> well, you guys at the the Lazy Lions have. Keaton Shaw in your community and he's like he's it's it's been fun to watch him because he's like all for it like he's like he's like <laughs> sharing it to the rooftops and like hosting like twitter spaces for lions yep. and stuff I was like wow like you guys got Heaton Shaw like yeah really doing well for you guys <laughs> yeah no, I mean not just that we have some NFL players who bought like a couple of lions there and I think a lot of the people who bought lines are actually self-employed entrepreneurs. So yeah, it's it's definitely I think I think it, that is the case for a lot of NFTs though because it's just super early and the process to actually acquire an NFT is still uh, clunky and you know kind of you know feels kind of risky and who knows yep. uh, what will happen with your money. <laughs> so it's definitely early adopters and that kind of fits the bill with that group right um but yeah i think it's a pretty diverse group already and that yeah, that's pretty cool actually <laughs> yeah yeah hmm it's a it's an interesting world that's for sure um yeah well anything we we want to end up end out with uh this this is kind of fun a uh, little bit different topic than normal obviously we'll we'll probably i think we'll go back to normal next week right like <laughs> yeah. unless we just can't get out of the nft world um, <laughs> oh i will say maybe kind of a final thought is i this is probably a personality thing of mine i think when i really like go down a rabbit hole and like i really get interested in a space like I really, and I've talked about this before. I really like focusing on one thing, and so it really makes me just want to like keep going down that rabbit hole. And I'm really interested <laughs> in it. And when that happens, it makes me not enjoy the things I have to do as much, like oh, work no. or like <laughs> I, I still enjoyed working on potion, but maybe not as much because I was like, oh, I kind of want to like go check out more NFT stuff. So <laughs> I think that at least oh, at no. least for my kind of personality, that's something to watch out for. Like. Like, I don't want to, like, make there be more fun things to go, like, do than working on Potion. Because I love working on Potion. So I don't want to, like, distract myself, basically, um, and just, like, go deep into this NFT world and never come out. 
Yeah, no, no, I mean, that's not my goal either. This will stay right. product journey and we won't rename to NFT journey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that could be a good second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think, I just think it's, it's not smart to ignore it right now because it is super early. There is a chance to jump on it for whatever your intention is, even if it's just learning. Um, and I do think a lot of businesses, just like the lines, I mean, there's a business behind it, right? will be like will be founded that way maybe yeah it, mm-hmm. i don't know who, who knows where it goes i just i, I just say keep an eye on it <laughs> yeah well thank you everyone for listening to our, our ramblings and uh, we'll get back to our our normal episodes next week bye see you next week bye